Next, this month's special series, Focus on Cancer. Throughout the month of April, ReachMD talks to experts in the field about new research channels and treatment options in cancer care. Even after surgery, radiation, and chemotherapy, many brain tumors appear frustratingly unresponsive to treatment. Part of the difficulty is that malignancies can be very difficult to approach directly with conventional therapy. A novel fiber optic laser that employs heat therapy may provide unprecedented access to previously unresectable tumors, as well as added ability to focus heat directly on the tumor cells. What could the future hold for this intriguing technique? You are listening to ReachMD Radio, the channel for medical professionals. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery and Practicing General Surgeon, and our guest is Dr. Jean Barnett, Director of the Cleveland Clinic's Brain Tumor and Neuro-Oncology Center. Welcome, Dr. Barnett. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Dr. Barnett, tell us about this procedure. Well, this is a development of an older technique with new technology. The technology allows us to steer the direction of a laser implanted deep in a patient's brain and monitor the temperatures as well as the likelihood of cell and tumor kill using real-time MRI technology. And how do you keep that heat from going to areas of the brain that you don't want to damage? So the laser itself has limited penetration into the tissue. And in fact, over a period of a minute or two, it may actually only penetrate a centimeter and a half. But using the MR technology, we can determine at any given time how far lethal heat has penetrated. Now, where did this idea for using this type of laser uh, to get at brain tumor cells originate? Well, the concept of using fiber optic lasers actually goes back to the early 1990s. But the technology from back then was far more primitive than what we have now and really didn't allow us to match the, the shape of the cell kill to the shape of the tumor as well as this device does. Was the technology primarily limited by the lack of sophisticated imaging studies? Well, in part, back then they were using bare fiber optic cables to deliver this, whereas this particular probe is a cooled system, thereby preventing char on the edge of the laser, which could limit how well it actually can heat the brain. Now, what happens to the necrotic debris that you get after you cook, so to speak, this tissue? Well, it's actually quite impressive. First off, we see this necrotic debris on the scans that we get within 24 hours, and it basically replaces pretty much all of the viable tumor that we were seeing the day before. And then over the ensuing weeks, the debris is scavenged by the, the body's natural scavenging systems, macrophages, and so on. Well, how exactly do you know that you're not going too far in terms of the limits of the tumor into normal parenchyma? So the actual treatments are performed in a specially modified MRI machine that allows us to monitor temperature using a technique called MR thermometry. The system also has special algorithms that relate changes in temperature as well as time to the likelihood of cell kill and presents that to us superimposed on the tumor on each slice. Now, this laser can presumably get to areas that previously were very difficult to reach? 
Well, I think that's going to really be the big benefit of this procedure in that it will allow us to have the benefits of surgery for this type of tumor and perhaps others in areas that we really couldn't get to surgically. Now, the reason that you could not get to it surgically is because why? Basically, the surgical corridor would be sufficiently large to impinge upon structures that were vital, whereas the dimension of this probe is only about three and a half millimeters. Now, this is done, I I take it, under general anesthesia? At present, we're doing this under general anesthesia as it is critical that the patient not move in the MRI scan by the way that MR thermometry works. Now, who comprises the medical team that performs this procedure? So there's the surgical team, which puts in the probe, and there is the radiological team composed of neuroradiologists who monitor the imaging as we go forward with the procedure. Then the surgical team, once again, actually determines where the lesion begins and ends. How long does it actually take to generate the type of heat you need to destroy the tissue? Each individual treatment pulse is anywhere from around maybe 30 seconds to two and a half minutes. And how many pulses would you guess an average tumor requires? Well, we're probably doing somewhere between maybe 15 and 25. Is there a great deal of brain swelling of the remaining tissue? There is some swelling afterwards, and the patients need to be on corticosteroids for a few weeks in order to control that. But so far, that has not been troublesome. If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD Radio, the channel for medical professionals. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and our guest is Dr. Gene Barnett, Director of the Cleveland Clinic's Brain Tumor and Neuro-Oncology Center. We're discussing a new laser-guided approach to the treatment of brain tumors. Dr. Barnett, do you use different degrees of heat depending on what type of brain tumor it is, whether it be primary or metastatic? Well, right now, the protocol that we're doing this under is only for recurrent glioblastoma, the most common malignant primary brain tumor in adults. We believe, however that the technology should be suitable for a wide range of brain tumors, including benign as well as secondary tumors for patients who either have inoperable tumors, are poor surgical risks, or uh, have failed conventional treatments such as radiosurgery. Now, this is still experimental, yes? Right now, this is done as an investigational procedure under an IRB approval. Is this procedure being done in the same way at any other centers in the United States or uh, world? The other center that is participating in this trial is University Hospitals Case Medical Center, literally about a mile down the street from where we are. What about using a similar technique for approaching the tumors and freezing them, so-called cryotherapy? Well, certainly that is an option. It is somewhat more difficult to do because of handling the cryogens in order to freeze the tumor. I have no personal experience doing that. This device itself is not really adaptable to do cryotherapy in that it is a heating device using the the laser to provide the thermal injury. Now, you mentioned how you use real-time MRI imaging. How do you determine that you've gotten all the cancer cells? 
with this type of tumor, you really never get all the cancer cells because they extend well beyond what you can see radiographically. But that's also true of surgery. The goal here really is to kill the vast majority of the cells, particularly those that are in a cohesive lump, and allow other treatments, such as drug or radiation therapies, to try and and mop up the invasive tumor beyond those margins. Now, do you suspect that this would be used in concert with radiation therapy and chemotherapy as well? Well, I think for malignant tumors, particularly if it is used up front, then that would probably be an ideal combination. Is the main reason that you utilize this technique is the inaccessibility of the tumor surgically? I think that's really where this device is going to shine for tumors that really can't be easily or safely accessed with conventional surgery. That's what the protocol really calls for. And I think that for tumors that can be accessed with surgery, surgery probably will still be the preferred method of treatment, at least for the near future. Now, how have you chosen these patients that you've done this procedure on? So these are patients who have recurrent or progressive glioblastoma, or at least suspected of recurrence, and have a maximum cross-sectional dimension of about four centimeters. They need to be in good shape in terms of performance status and not have had other local treatments that are intensive, such as radiosurgery or the implantation of chemotherapy wafers. Now, how have these patients done thus far? So far, so good. We've really seen in all the patients that we've done substantial tumor kill on the immediate postoperative scans. There are changes that occur in the days to weeks afterwards, which we're still trying to evaluate as to what they mean. There does appear to be some blood-brain barrier breakdown, which leads to contrast enhancement. I believe that is probably from a thermal injury, which is analogous to the type of breakdown we see after a a surgical resection a few days later. And how does that present itself? One sees initially that the contrast enhancement is gone because of the necrosis that occurs. And then a few days later, you start to see a ring of contrast enhancement around that. And that's also very similar to what one sees after a surgical resection. The contrast is gone, and then a rim appears around the surgical bed. Now, once you treat with this technique, would you repeat it in a week or a month, or is this a staged procedure, or do you try to do all the tumor at once? Well, right now, we're doing this through a single trajectory and more or less a one-time-only procedure. But I can foresee down the road where we will likely do multiple trajectories as well as consider repeating this if the patient has a good response to the initial therapy. Do you ever get into trouble in terms of just accessing the tumor by passing the laser probe? Well, right now, the principal limitation in terms of accessing this is that it needs to be done in a conventional MRI head coil, which is actually pretty confining. So the actual trajectory that we need to use is more or less from the top of the head straight down. That may not actually be the most ideal trajectory if we were doing some other procedures such as a biopsy, but it is a constraint that we 
have to live with, but so far, particularly for these deep tumors, has not really been a significant problem. Now, at your institution, did you say that they go from the operating room to the MRI scanner? So, so that's correct. Right now, we are doing a biopsy to confirm that this really is tumor and aligning the device that will direct the laser probe into place in the operating room. The patient is then transported under anesthesia to the MRI suite where the probe is then inserted and the treatment performed. So in the MRI suite, you have all personnel like yourself and anesthesia and in case the patient for some reason has an adverse reaction? We have a nursing team as well as an anesthesia, neuroanesthesia team. And I should add that the neuroanesthesia team is a, a vital component to the success of this entire procedure. First off, the patient needs to be transported under anesthesia, and our team here is really well-versed at doing that in a safe fashion. Secondly, the patient spends several hours in an MRI suite, which tends to be a, a somewhat hostile environment for an anesthesiology team in terms of monitoring and supporting the patient, yet they do really a superb job in doing that and also maintaining the patient's core body temperature which is essential in order to make sure that we can kill as much tumor as possible because the laser only adds heat to the existing body temperature. Dr. Barnett, what do you think the future holds for this type of technique for brain tumors? Well, I think it's going to extend to a number of different tumor types, and particularly benign tumors of the skull base where the patient either is too sick to undergo surgery or the tumor itself is just not particularly accessible. I also think that it will be useful in certain types of brain metastases that have proven themselves to be resistant to uh, conventional treatment, including radiosurgery. And then finally, I think it probably will have a place in the treatment of primary brain tumors, such as uh, glioblastoma, but that exact role will still need to be worked out over time. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Jean Barnett. We've been discussing a new laser-guided approach to the treatment of brain tumors. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to ReachMD Radio, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, and thank you for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Cancer. For a program guide, complete list of shows, and podcasts, please visit us at ReachMD.com.